0: This is Sick and Wrong,
1: America's number one source for anti social commentary, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for anti social commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm your other host, Lance Wackerly. What's Talking to you from the Tenderloin. Talking from the new studio in the Tenderloin, which is actually my studio. You would say it's
1: like the tenderloin source for anti-social commentary now.
2: Well, I think a lot of people don't know that uh, you can't afford, if you're a normal person, you can't really afford a one-bedroom apartment. The tenderloin, so you kind of have to have a studio. So now, when we refer to the sick and wrong studio, it's actually also my home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a bedroom, yeah, it's your bedroom. It's my bedroom, finally made and you know, come stained bed over
2: there. I'm saying, don't go, I'm warning you right now, Wackerly, don't go anywhere near the bed. Well,
1: if you'll notice, There's
2: there's juice on there that. You've probably never seen before
1: yeah well i don't want to get pregnant
2: (laughs) (laughs) just add water dude like babies will sprout out of it and
1: you'll notice i'm pressed up against the wall furthest away from the bed that i can get
2: yeah i noticed why you did that on purpose what'd you what'd you think of the bathroom the bathroom looks like it's like for a miniature like a dwarf doesn't it well yeah i mean it's perfect for you (laughs) no i mean uh, it's, (laughs) it's a good thing i'm built like prince but, but what's funny about it is I think there's a lot of places in the Tenderloin that were hotels, like residential hotels.
1: Yeah, and as I was saying before, and it's not just Tenderloin apartments, but any old like 1920s-style apartment. One of my favorite thing is the corpse shaft or corpse chute.
2: Oh, that's in the bathroom.
1: Well, yeah, because the bathrooms are always away from the exterior of the building, but you still want a window in the bathroom so, you know, all the shit miasma can float out. Uh, so they'll have just, a like, a hole that goes to the top, a windowless shaft that goes all the way to the top of the building.
2: I think I have a windowless shaft. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, I, I understand. Every apartment in the Tenderloin has one of those. They, they, they got to put, a bath like, a window in the bathroom. Right.
1: Well, and my yeah. apartment's not in the Tenderloin. No, mine has one. You just have a... I like yours because... Uh, not your uh, windowless shaft, the one in your bathroom. Well, what
2: kind of corpse could you shove through that window? Like a baby's corpse? A print-sized one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're, since you're down to, on the, one of the lower floors, if you stick your head out, you can actually see the bottom of the shaft where all the corpses pile up.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't even understand why. Why do they even have that shaft there? I mean, it's not like a garbage shaft. There's nothing down there. It's for corpses. You just—you know what I think it is? Aborted fetuses. Aborted fetuses. Yeah, that's, right. what you, that's what happens on Tenderloin. I mean, you always find places like that, that. You always read about that in the news. But well, anyway. You
1: read about it from people who are stupid enough to not put it in the carp shaft. Because if you put a fetus in there, you, nobody would ever find it.
2: It's kind of nice, though, to, to know that uh, someone was murdered in this very apartment. I've heard uh, such tales. Well, we, we discussed it uh, briefly. Didn't we discuss that briefly in the last podcast? I believe we did. Or we might, have, we might have touched on it. But, you know, I'll do a quick recap. A friend of mine used to live in this building, and he said that in this apartment that I live here in the Tenderloin, a guy stabbed his girlfriend to death right here. <laughs> a Mexican woman. And uh, I think they're both Mexican. And mm. so, you know, I, I wonder if this place, do you think it's haunted?
1: Uh, well, we'll have to wait and find out, I guess. Is I think, that why you got such a deal?
2: Yeah, I think that's why was, this place is such a steal. But, you know, notice, I noticed, like, the new coat of paint on the walls. Uh. I kind of wonder if it's going to be like that movie Ghost. Since she was Mexican, you know, I'll be, like, making a burrito, and she'll come behind me, and the burrito will be, like, folded perfectly.
1: Dude, that's a bonus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> perfectly that's not,
1: folded burritos? <laughs> I
2: think it will be perfect. You know, I, I don't know. Although that's kind of retarded. Who makes their own burritos at home? Nobody. No, Mexicans do. <laughs> I think they do. But you know what? We're going to have to talk to my buddy that used to live here because I heard, ta- I heard tale that another guy committed suicide from this building. So, you know, maybe next podcast or the, or the one after that, we'll get him on the phone and get, get that in detail. Hmm, like okay. the whole story. Sounds I, like a plan. Yeah, I heard someone commit suicide here. But yeah, it's a great, isn't it a great neighborhood?
1: Yeah, um, and just to sort of set the uh, tone for the listeners, uh, here's what happened to me on the way over. I don't think I even told you this yet. I was riding the BART. you know, Well, because you
2: live in the East Bay now.
1: Well, I was only riding it from my place of work because I'm a lazy fuck who's too lazy to walk over here. But uh, as I got off the BART, I smelled that smell. You know the smell I'm talking about. Just the uh, shit, crack smell of but, the yeah, well, one. Specifically, bum shit. Yeah,
2: and, and and bo though it's like uh, you you smell their body odor. This was pretty
1: strongly bum shit, and bum shit smells like no other shit, and I don't know what it is. Crack. Well, some people would say that when you or I shit, it hits the water right away, and the water sort of mitigates the smell but dog shit right on the ground and and dog shit doesn't smell nearly as bad as a bum shit it's just overpowering
2: you, you know what my theory is on it bums don't have like a regular diet like most normal human beings so like you know they only really get the shit maybe once a week right. and when they do it comes out in mass like you know it's just like a flood of bum you know stool all right I'll it's, it's probably built up and think about what they eat garbage
1: yeah Bottle caps and pieces of cardboard, like a, a, like a goat, like a goat. <laughs> well, anyways, I'm, I get off the BART, the train, and I'm smelling this smell. And immediately when you smell the smell, you just try and walk away from it, right?
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's you know, the fight or flight response.
1: <laughs> yeah, pure <laughs> flight, actually. <laughs> And uh, so I'm running for the escalator, right? And I get on the escalator, and I'm like, Did you
2: think it was a bum and that shit his pants in front of you or something?
1: At first, I thought that. Then it was so strong, I thought that a bum had shit in the corner of the train station,
2: which has happened before. I've I've noticed that before. Yeah, many times.
1: So as any normal person would do, I had I make a beeline for the escalator, you know, to try and get out up and out of the underground train station. The flight. But that's when tragedy or whatever you want to call it struck what did he
2: shit on you
1: no i'm coming up the escalator and the smell is getting more and more powerful oh no until my eyes break the plane of the top of the escalator like so it's you're riding level. up the
2: escalator and you can see you know street level right and there's this bum tr-
1: you ever got a cold stone creamery <laughs>
2: What is Cold Stone Creamery?
1: Well, they put that big mass of ice cream on the Cold Stone, and they fold it back over and over to get the air into it. There's a bum shit at the top of the escalator, just sort of rolling back like a slinky, just right at the top, (laughs) just aerating itself, and... Meanwhile, as you can probably guess, Sorry, so
2: the, he had made a solid stool that was just kind of rotating like the hot dogs at the Seven Eleven.
1: up at the top of the escalator. I think you can picture this if you think about it. It's disgusting. And meanwhile, I'm like Indiana Jones here in, you know, so the temple of, of feces, <laughs> and this escalator slowly pulling me towards this horror. <laughs> I just had to make a jump for it. I sort of jumped like halfway over the roiled up bum turd and like halfway over the you know the handle part and i almost like knocked over a couple of uh you know office people running home to their you know commute
2: did you have to like roll like kind of a ninja roll over it a little
1: bit i did yeah <laughs> oh, tiny roll you i was didn't just... roll in another pile of bum so shit I don't understand. Else. like
2: did a bum just kind of walk over there and just shit on the top of the escalator I'm
1: assuming he shit at the bottom of the escalator. And, and it just kind of went up. did its work, yeah. And
2: it just wasn't getting... But don't you think it would get sucked in there and just broken up? You would think. It wasn't. but it, <laughs> So was there anyone behind you?
1: There was some Asian girl, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if she made it, dude. I, <laughs> I don't think she
2: did. Asian girls are used to shit, though. <laughs> I wouldn't even worry about Pretty it. Pretty Lisa?
1: You, you know what I find... What I find by, Pretty Lisa went back down and took it up again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what I find fascinating about that story is I always thought... Bums would have loose stool.
1: Yeah, this had some consistency. This had some (laughs) surface tension.
2: Let's put it that way. That was holding it together. God, that's horrible. Well, I definitely think that might happen to you again on the way over here. Because um, I don't know if you noticed that the uh, block that I live on, O'Farrell and Jones here in the Tenderloin, there are more crackheads on that intersection than I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Did you notice that? I'm just walking over here. I was walking up Ellis, and I took a ride on Jones to get over to the building on my way home from work. And, dude, there must have been, like, 35 of them milling about, like, pigeons on like a you know a Whopper,
1: yeah, because it's like not a discarded just the reason,
2: Big Mac. The
1: reason for that is it's not just the crackheads; that's where the crack dealers are hanging out. So. Well,
2: I think all the crackheads were waiting for their dealer to come. Yeah, I don't and know. So they're just kind of milling like about
1: intersection so much.
2: But I love how you get those crackheads. Uh, you you even pointed this out. You get those dealers. You have the crackhead dealers, and then you have the spotters. They kind of sit there looking for cops to make sure everything's okay, and they're just kind of hanging out, eyes darting back and forth.
1: Yeah, no, they have the head rotate goes one down one street straight ahead down the other street straight ahead if you were just standing there you would never do that
2: right well what kind of sucks about this apartment is number one i'm on the first floor so you know if i did yell something at a crackhead there's a good chance he could throw a brick through my window
1: <laughs> crackheads can jump really high when they're high in crack
2: yeah you you never know the uh, <laughs> the human feats of strength that they're capable of but in my my previous apartment when i used to live in the Tenderloin it was like a little further deep up on Ellis which is also kind of a shitty area. I was on like the sixth floor. And you could, you could look through, the, you could look out the window and you could see crackheads, you know, six floors down, smoking crack. And one of my favorite pastimes, especially with like in the middle of the night when they're screaming and yelling and fighting with each other, is to toss eggs from the window and just kind of smack them. Which was fun. It was almost kind of like a sport to see who could hit the most crackheads.
1: Well, they're disoriented. Or it's, you know, they're, they're intent on paying attention to their crack.
2: And then you all of a sudden just beat him in the face with an egg. Yeah. Or just like dump a thing of ranch dressing on him. It was great. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Whereas here, I'm a little reluctant to do that because, <laughs> you know, number one, I'm on the first floor and it's like, you know, they could see me. So, yeah, I'm probably not going to be doing that here, but there's a good rooftop you can wear deck. A there's a rooftop deck here. Hmm. But you don't want to hit a crack dealer because those guys probably have guns.
1: Yeah, they pack heat.
2: Yeah. But you know what, though? I think this is going to uh, definitely benefit the show doing it at the new studio here because we're going to be able to hear, you know, the sounds of gunshots in the background and uh, police sirens. And I've noticed that uh, crackheads are also very musical people. They tend to sing. Really? I've never yeah. noticed that. What are uh, they sing? I've, I've heard um, I Got Five on it, like, um, pretty much every night for the past uh, week since I've lived here. Well, technically
1: that's a rap, isn't it?
2: Well, it's a rap song, but they just going to sing the chorus of I oh, Got right. Five on got it. it right. I don't know if you know that song. I also heard a Snoop Dogg song the other day, too. I think it was Gin and Juice. But uh, just only, you know, I think just the chorus.
1: Well, you know, you do have all this recording equipment here. You could invite one up to your place and maybe cut some tracks.
2: You know what I think we should do, though, is maybe get like a walking camera or something. Like get a cam, street cam or something. Go kind Because of, I think a lot of people that live in, you know, Scotland or, um, you know, Australia, they they don't they don't picture the tenderloin exactly how we describe it yeah
1: but the i mean as you said before whipping eggs at crack dealers isn't a good idea i don't think they appreciate bidding being videotaped Videotaped either either.
2: yeah maybe not but yeah i I don't know man it's just i think um this podcast definitely will have some new stories i think a good thing to
1: do would be get to get a, a little digital voice recorder and we can interview some of these
2: guys yeah but most of them can barely even speak all the more funny. We'll have to give him like a quarter. I oh, know. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some new uh, promos for uh, Sick and Wrong, like little uh, plugs or something we can pri- put yeah, in the show. Yeah, Sick and Wrong. Yeah. So, uh, Wackerly, did you celebrate Easter this past weekend? No. Uh, Jesus Resur- Zombie Jesus Resurrection Day. Isn't that what it is?
1: I don't know. Somebody asked me. Well, specifically, they asked me what Good Friday was.
2: Yeah, I don't even know. What is Good Friday? Is that, is that when zombie Jesus came to be?
1: No, actually... Uh, or is that
2: when they crucified him?
1: I, well, I, I looked it up because I, you know, it was apparent that I had no fucking clue what it was. And uh, I guess Good
2: Friday is when he was put on the cross. So you
1: could see why it's a Good Friday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so Good Friday, they nailed him up to the cross and then... Was it Easter Sunday? Is when Zombie Jesus came back and just started like enacting his revenge, ripping off heads and eating. No, brains? really,
1: Zombie Jesus. <laughs> zombie Jesus just wasn't there. They rolled the stone back, you know, because they. They put his corpse in a cave and but they I thought a, they
2: resurrected him.
1: They put a stone in the cave across the door or the hole as it may be. And then I think on Easter they I don't know why they pulled the stone away, necrophilia or something. <laughs> but they they moved the stone back and, and Zombie Jesus was gone and the necrophiliacs, you know so were he disappointed.
2: Came, he came back as a carnivorous rabbit that delivered eggs. Right?
1: I believe something like that, yeah. You,
2: you know what I understand about this? Christians have all this like fantastic element to their religion, whereas Jews, like for the, the, the week that uh, Christians are celebrating Easter, we're celebrating Passover, which means that we just have to eat crackers for a week. I don't know if anyone's ever had what to experience it. What do the
1: crackers it. symbolize?
2: Crackers? I, I don't know, just how much it sucks to be a Jew. <laughs> Dude, it was like the worst holiday when I was growing up. They'd throw out all the good food. My parents would go through, throw out all the good food, and just crackers for a week.
1: Throw it out.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. I remember- This seems
1: a little far-fetched.
2: No, that, that's what they do. They have to, It's called hametz. So you had to like go and take all the leavened bread, anything with leavened bread in it, and you had to just discard it from the house and just matzah, crackers, and gefilte fish, which is just basically just like, I don't know, a ball of carp. That doesn't sound very cheap, though. <laughs> no, no, it was, but you have to do it. You're
1: disillusioning me.
2: Oh, no, you have to do it. I, I vowed as soon as I got out of the house when I was 18, I would never celebrate Passover again. And to this day, my father called me up and was just like, happy Passover. And he left me the message, and I was like, God, you know what? I didn't even know it was Passover hmm. until today. And I realized, wow, I guess I really do hate that holiday.
1: So what? what's being passed over? All the good food? <laughs> you pass over the good food <laughs> you you No, it
2: has something to do with, like... I don't know, like God sent an angel to come kill a bunch of Egyptians and they passed over the Jewish houses because the Jews are the chosen badass motherfuckers. Something like that. Like the Jews are the chosen people, so God didn't slay them. He just slayed the firstborn of the Egyptians. And uh, yeah, then the Jews like ate a bunch of crackers and wandered around the desert and bitched about everything.
1: <laughs> Eating crackers in the <laughs> and desert they were really
2: guilty about bitching—and then made a gold cow. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember how it all goes. But it didn't have anything to do with about a fucking Easter bunny delivering eggs. So I'm just saying, it's just, i think the Jew- Jewish religion is a little more sensible.
1: Well, the whole Easter bunny, no zombies. The, the whole Easter bunny and the egg thing is like old pagan religions from Europe that got melded with Christianity. Oh, is that, is that where that came from? I believe so.
2: I So did you do anything to celebrate Easter? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, uh, so as we mentioned, this is um, uh, the first episode from the uh, new studio here in the Tenderloin, new Sick and Wrong studio. Um, quick recap of uh, episode 64. That was last week. And you know what, dude? So we pulled that April Fool's Day joke, which I thought was so contrived. I, You know, I thought... Within the first two minutes of listening to it, most people would have been like they 're lying.
1: Well, I went back to listen to it again, and uh, it sounded even more contrived when I was listening to it than when I was doing it and that 's pretty damn contrived,
2: yeah, but dude we must have had like at least twenty emails from people being like, "Oh, you almost got me, I almost unsubscribed from pod- from uh, you know sick and wrong the podcast on iTunes because I thought you guys were going lame." <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, I know, Harsh dude. Harsh judgment. I think my favorite one was uh, this guy Stink wrote in here. Soft and warm oozed from my ass when I heard the first two minutes of your show. <laughs> that's
1: a good. That's a good descriptive phrase.
2: Yeah, that wasn't that bad. So I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of understand that. But yeah, you know, I was really surprised that we managed to fool that many people. But I think maybe they were just humoring us. But that's just me. Yeah, I, th- I think most people s- most people thought by uh, by the turkey story that um. That uh, we were playing a little joke on them. It was a little too far. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyways, I did a story, my real story, not the soft and warm story, my sick and wrong story, was about a guy who jerked off on a woman in a Barnes and Noble bookstore. You did a story about the shit tsunami in uh, in uh, the, uh, that killed a bunch of Palestinians.
1: Which somebody wrote in uh, a. Much better phrase, Poonami.
2: Poonami, yeah. Uh, a guy named uh, I Artard think that wrote in Poonami, which worked pretty good. And a listener sent in a story about um, some pirates in uh, Ethiopia. And uh, yeah, Wackerly, you won by a landslide. You came in with like 90 votes. I came in with about 50 votes, though. It was close. And the listener had about 22. So uh, yep, Wackerly, uh, you won podcast 64. And uh, that is why I bought these MGD Tall Boys. I couldn't get a 12-pack. Mm. There's no 12-packs of MGD in the Tenderloin.
1: Is that because all the crackheads buy them up or just...
2: I think that, you know, it's hard. You don't even find that many 12-packs over here. I think they just, like, buy single beers. Put them in so, a little bag. Yeah. Sit in a, the corner. A little brown bag and just kind of, you know, sit on the corner and drink them. So, yeah. Wackerly, you won uh, episode 64. So, for uh, 65, you know what's kind of nice about that is you broke that listener win streak. Well,
1: I also broke my own losing streak, which was good for me.
2: How how long has that been going on? It was at least three weeks, maybe more. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's nice to know that the uh, listeners lost the last uh, podcast. So for episode 65 here, I believe you started last week. So I think I might have to kick off the show. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news item of the week. The winner gets a case of beer, as decided by the listening audience. We also throw in a wild card, a listener submission every week. And uh, dude, this week we have a pretty good listener submission. A couple people send in the article. I uh, chose a guy who hadn't sent in an article before. So he's a virgin to the uh, sick and wrong listener submission process.
1: That's a good policy, I think.
2: I always like to give the uh, you know the new the newbies a chance. Yeah. So uh, let let me start off the show here for episode sixty five. My article is kind of short, but it is sweet. It's um, definitely has uh, various sick and wrong elements to it. And it's straight to the point. It's concise. So a man gets life in prison for rape, incest, with his teen daughter.
1: That would be rape slash
2: incest. You know, it's incestuous rape. I mean, are those two separate charges?
1: Uh, I would think so. They usually try and pile them up, right? Well, I always thought it's like incest. So wouldn't incest just be rape? Incest implies, well, no, not necessarily. So if, (laughs) if it was consensual... You can still be, be
2: charged for incest, though? I guess it depends on yes, where. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm surprised, though, that incest is even a crime where this one occurred. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> I always thought in Georgia, incest was kind of considered, you know, a, a form of reproduction. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's news to me that it's a crime. I'd like to keep it in the family. <laughs> so just days after her 16th birthday, an Atlanta teen's father led her to a cemetery sat on a tombstone, and told her to lie on the ground. Quote, unquote, and this is the best part of the article. You know you're old enough to date boys now, he told her. I'm about to break you in. This is her dad? This is her daddy. My daddy. The teen cried and begged her father not to, but he pulled out a condom and raped her. Right there on the ground of the cemetery. So, you know, you know what's weird about this? Is, sadly... I think this is kind of common in Georgia and many parts of the South. You know, I almost would consider this to be a rite of passage. You think so? No, I won't go that far. Dude, this is how Rush Limbaugh was born. (laughs) Child (laughs) of Satan. (laughs) Whose grave were they on? Uh, Rush Limbaugh? (laughs) (laughs) He's not dead. No, but I I mean, yeah, actually, I don't even know whose grave they were on. But yeah, so uh, he um, raped her, pulled out a condom and raped her, which I thought was kind of interesting, too, because... If you're having sex with your daughter, who is a virgin, would you really need to wear a condom?
1: Because you can't get pregnant when you're a virgin? Is that what you're talking about?
2: No, I'm just saying he's not going to catch any diseases. She's a virgin. (laughs) Yeah, but he doesn't want to impregnate her with a flipper baby. Well, what I don't understand is why not, because then he could have a menage a trois.
1: Well, he'd be quite (laughs) a bit. He'd be 16 years older then, and she'd be 32.
2: I really don't think that would matter to this Georgia father.
1: Well... I find it interesting that they haven't uh, tacked on a uh, pedophilia t- charge. Statutory rape I- is sixteen the age of consent in Georgia?
2: I think it's twelve. <laughs> you know, I actually, I don't know, but I think uh, by sixteen she could have sex. I think can't you? Um,
1: do they subscribe to the "if there's grass on the field, play ball" rule? <laughs>
2: i'm not quite sure so get this so he i think it's on the law books down there (laughs) if there's grass in the field play ball play ball (laughs) so um after he raped her he took her to a nearby convenience store bought her some chips and some soda and then walked her to a relative's house as if nothing had happened he should have bought her a bunch of (laughs) jagermeister to wipe her memory away (laughs) this guy really knows how to treat a woman so the teen was scared to tell her relatives initially, but within a couple days, she broke her silence. Her 33-year-old father, 33 years old, so the girl's 16, the father's 33. So quick, do some math here. What was he, 17 years old when he, he had her? He must have
1: been 17 when, he, uh, when she was born. When he, had, when they, when he conceived her, she, he was probably 16.
2: Himself. 16 years old. Yeah. So uh, I mean, The cycle just,
1: is complete.
2: <laughs> So her 33-year-old 30, father is on trial this week for the uh, incident, and uh, she decided to testify at, uh, at the court. On the stand. On the stand. Oh, bold move. Yeah. Jurors sided with the tearful daughter and convicted the man, man on incest and rape charges. Part of the defen- or the prosecution here, the victim's mother, who had dated the defendant since middle school. So she had been with this guy since middle school. And you think you know somebody, you know?
1: You do. Um, Sometimes so, you don't, though.
2: So the victim's mother and an Atlanta police detective went to the cemetery. After the daughter told what had happened, they found a used condom and a tissue with a man's DNA. A tissue? Yeah, I don't know what they used the tissue for. Yeah, you know, I'm not quite sure. Clean off the evidentiary area. And, and just to make matters worse here, uh, the prosecutor, Kimberly Adams, said after visiting the family... So the father took his daughter back to the cemetery. So this is after he raped her initially, took her back to the cemetery, sodomized her, then turned around, faced a church across the street, and mumbled, Lord, please forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, round number two. So there's two cases, two rape cases? No, so he, yeah, what he did initially is he took her out to the uh, cemetery, said, I'm going to break you in, put on a condom, raped her, Took her to a relative's house after buying her chips and soda. Then went back to the cemetery a few hours later and sodomized her.
1: Do you think he, on the way back to the cemetery, was like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to rape you
2: again. (laughs) I don't want to go back to the cemetery, daddy. Well, he walked her to a relative's house. Like, I wonder what the conversation was or if it was just kind of like her quiet sobbing.
1: Well, she was stuffing her face with chips, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eat the Doritos. Quit crying. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't even really know what was said. So during the sentence hearing, the daughter sobbed as she spoke to her father for the first time in a year. She said, I got so depressed I wanted to kill myself. How could someone I trust to protect me? And I knew all my life do something as evil and as dirty as this. That's the question. And I think that's what uh, ultimately had him convicted uh, to life in prison.
1: That's what he got, life.
2: Life in prison. Superior Court Judge Jerry Baxter said, You did this to your daughter twice, once in the graveyard and then again in the courtroom. I have no sympathy for you.
1: Yeah, well, I, I have faith that this guy is going to uh, experience a lot of rape in prison, maybe the other end of it.
2: I think that's, that's one thing. It's, I, I read, read some article just recently, actually, that uh, people who are convicted of rape, and especially child rape in prison— are uh, almost immediately tortured and beaten. Pariahs, yeah, they're immediate pariahs, and I think the guards force like enforce some type of prison justice on them.
1: Well, I think all they have to do is uh, turn, you know, turn avert their eyes from any goings on. Well, the,
2: what I heard is that they also, I mean, a lot of people, like if you're an inmate, you don't know what someone comes in there for unless you know someone tells Somebody you. Tells you. So right. the guards, if they see a child rapist come into a, come into prison, will like tell one of the inmates. That guy, you know, raped a six-year-old. And then the word gets round, and then you're taken care of.
1: Yeah, or just play our podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah, or play our podcast when we're talking about him and laughing. So on the sick and wrong scale, father raped his daughter twice. He um, begged for forgiveness from the Lord, and he uh, bought her chips and soda afterwards. You know, and the fact that he took her to a cemetery is definitely kind of interesting. Yeah, here I'm too. really
1: interested in what the significance of the cemetery is. I mean, obviously I, I there's know. other places you could go. I think there was some... I think it's sig- a romantic. I think there was some significance in which grave they were actually sitting on. I'd like to hear if it was like, you know, his father's grave, his father who raped him when he was 16 on his father's his grandpa's grave. Maybe he's gothic. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I don't
2: know. So on the sick and wrong scale, I guess no one was murdered in this story. But it's still we rather... we got to stop saying that. It's, either, it's still it's rather so heinous. Right. It's very heinous. So it's heinous. And uh, this girl's going to be affected by this for the rest of her life. I'm going to have to give it a nine.
1: I'll give it... Uh, you know, what I don't understand is she's 16 years old. I mean, you have some... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have some... Pubic uh, hair? Well, no. Ability to <laughs> resist... You know, brain, higher brain functions and, you know, just to, I'm surprised, why didn't she just bolt? And just run? (laughs) Run, run away, run away.
2: Well, because she trusted her father. I'll give it an 8.9. 8.9? All right, well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about this. Uh, What do you have for uh, episode 65 here?
1: Uh, this happened in uh, Santa Ana, California, and it, apparently staffing at a uh, an old folks' home was so inadequate uh, at this senior center that a rat curled into an Alzheimer patient's mouth and died there before staff ever noticed.
2: Jesus, dude. This is disgusting. Was the patient dead? Well, let me get into the story right. here. Uh,
1: there's a lawsuit that was filed this past Thursday on behalf of 90-year-old Sigmund Bach. That's an old guy name right there. Uh, Stigman Bach. And it alleges that administrators at the Paragon Gardens Assisted Living and Memory Care Community uh, down in Santa Ana overbooked their facility so they would receive corporate bonuses because they get bonuses based on how many people are there that they're taking care of. But at the same time, they cut back on staff to be able to increase their profits. So it's just this corporate fat cats fucking people over, you know, it's this age old story. Yeah. Um, the They're facility, taking
2: cruises and everything while their patients just suffer.
1: Right. <laughs> the, forci- the facility so literally ignored the needs of their residents as to allow vermin in the form of a rat to become lodged in the mouth of Sigmund Bach and die therein, the lawsuit alleges. I don't
2: understand how the rat got into his mouth.
1: Well, they go into that here. Um, a representative of the facility, Melody Chattel, Chatel. Uh, Says that we take care of our residents and find this negative publicity to be disheartening, to be a disheartening affront to our professional caregivers and most especially to our residents and their loved ones.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, I mean, if that was your grandfather, wouldn't you be pissed?
1: Yeah, I would be very (laughs) pissed. But uh, here's what exactly happened. Uh, Paragon Records show the staff person noticed Bach playing with a rat in his room and eating candy with the rat. You'd think they'd put a stop to that right away, right? It's kind of like Willard. They don't. They don't really make uh, it clear if it was a pet rat or just a brown, like nasty garbage Sewer rat. rat that yeah. just kind
2: of was running free in the building. I, I'm surprised they would let the Alzheimer's patients play with the uh, rodents.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, that that is surprising. And and if you you've read that book, Choke, right, by Chuck Palahniuk? Yeah, yeah. And uh, his mother in that story has Alzheimer's, and he has to go visit her, and it's always very horrible. And he he ends up be, befriending all the other Alzheimer's patients. And
2: doesn't he end up doing one of the nurses or something?
1: A couple of the nurses, I think. But uh, he describes like the different types of Alzheimer's patients, or maybe the different stages, and one of them are the chipmunks. And I guess it's the people... I mean, it's a horrible, horrible disease, but it's the people who... They forget how to like swallow their food, so they just chew stuff and then like and they, they, hoard it and it they in hold their it in mouth. their yeah. mouth or or put the chewed up bits in their pockets. So maybe this had something to do with that. So you think know. this
2: guy just kind of shoved the rat in his mouth,
1: right? And, and you know, if it was a normal person, crazy person, that he would have just eaten the rat and swallowed it. But because he had Alzheimer's, you know, he just sort of like held it in his mouth. And So you think the
2: rat suffocated in his mouth,
1: and then he suffocated on the suffocated rat.
2: Oh. maybe I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Well, um, uh,
1: so yeah, they the next uh, the next thing you know, uh, paramedics were called to the scene and noticed noted on their report possible ingestion of rat poison. I guess they found the rat. They figured there might be rat poison in the guy. Um, in the report, an emergency room file says that Bach was found in room in care facility with dead rat in mouth. <laughs> That's obviously some type of shorthand. So I wonder, bad did his sentence. family
2: find him? In the room, or did a caretaker?
1: I think a caretaker finally found the guy dead, and they said, oh, you know, what happened to this guy? He must they have They just, just died. saw this, like, tail. And there's <laughs> a little pink tail sticking out. You know, smells like rat breath.
2: That's just foul. Uh,
1: this isn't the first time this uh, assisted living facility has been in trouble, and this just amazes me. Last year, the state moved to revoke Paragon Garden's license, although nothing's happened yet. It's still on trial. But... Uh, they moved to revoke this place's license after a 71 year old dementia patient wandered from the facility and was never found.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't believe that it could shut down over that. Yeah,
1: immediately. The State Department of Social Services I- also claimed that six clients were injured from improper care, according to spokesman Michael Weston, who's a spokesman for the uh, lawsuit against the place. The company is, is appealing these charges. Well,
2: what I don't understand is how do they let them get out? I guess they probably just don't care.
1: Yeah, they don't. And apparently, um, you know, if you're looking for a place to put your uh, grandmother or mother who has, you know, this horrible disease, um, you know, you'd think you'd do this research and say, well, they did lose an old woman last year who's never been found. Maybe we will move on to the next one. But
2: I think a lot of times, though, the family's just kind of like. Yeah, we got to get her out of the house. So they just kind of stick her in the facility. I'm sure there's
1: like uh, gag orders and all the bad news. So, dude, if you think
2: about it, if they're not like, if if they're keeping such poor care of these patients that they'd let a rat die in one of the patient's mouths, they probably aren't changing their diapers. So these patients are probably sitting there. Yeah, in that's their own way feces. high up on the. Yeah. that's
1: high up on the uh, you know exquisite care level where, <laughs> where they're not. They're not even the getting the platinum n- care level. Not even getting near to that platinum care.
2: Yeah, god that's just horrible. I mean, you know what? I, I think it takes a certain type of person to be able to work in one of these facilities cuz I know I would never be able to do it.
1: Right. And our friend our friend Vinny was one of those people for a while. Have we interviewed him about his experiences? You
2: know, I've been trying to get that guy on the show and I think eventually we will. I know he still does hospice care. Right. But Which is a I little bit
1: different than this, but he's, but he's yeah. done this
2: also. Well, he but he's not like a nurse in one of these, you know, convalescent homes. I don't think he actually takes care of the patients. I think he just kind of goes in there like, you know, a couple of days before they die and it's just like, all right, let's just, um, you know, pump them full of morphine yeah. and then uh, just let them go.
1: Don't let him put that rat in his mouth.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think, I, w- I would like to think that he would make sure that they don't put the rat in the mouth, you know?
1: <laughs> so, um, the guy died, choked on a rat. The rat died, was eaten by a guy with Alzheimer's. That's pretty horrible. And for they the found, rat.
2: they found the rat in the guy's mouth. Tail sticking out. I'm giving
1: this a nine point two.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to give that a nine point three. Because could you imagine if that was your loved one? If that was your, you know, your father, your grandfather. I mean could you imagine the horror? It's pretty horrible, but I, if you note from the article,
1: there aren't there aren't any statements from any family members. I think this is one of those guys who might have just been abandoned. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> as horrible as that is, I think that might yeah, be Yeah, but what I think happened.
2: that I think that's rather common. I bet you, you know, I mean a lot of families are like, yeah, I can't deal with this guy. Just put him in there. Yeah. I'll uh, maybe go see him on Christmas. Paragon. Maybe.
1: The Paragon of Elder Care.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to give that at least a nine point three. We'll we'll have to see what the listening audience has to say about that one.
1: I don't know. Our listeners are kind of heartless bastards. I don't know if they're gonna care about this story at all. I
2: don't know, dude. A rat this, was found an in a guy's mouth. Died.
1: An animal died. They seem to like animals.
2: Right? Yeah, it's definitely sick and wrong. So um yeah, we did get a good story uh, submitted this week by a listener named Rob. He uh, sent in a story here saying, "Hey guys, here's a warm and fuzzy for you." I don't know if he's commenting on the uh, last podcast. I think he might be. But um, this article is actually sent into by a couple by a couple people sent this one in here, and um, yeah, this was the first come first serve, right? First come first serve, and since this guy also was a uh, newer listener who had it's never me a, a story before, I was like, you know, we got We kind of have to use this one. So uh, here's Rob's story: Men jailed. For using teen's head as a bowling ball.
1: Men plural. Two men.
2: Yeah, two guys. Two men have been jailed for life for the brutal slaying of a homeless teenager who was stabbed 133 times and decapitated before his head was used as a bowling ball. This happened in uh, Brisbane, Australia. The Supreme Court over there in Brisbane found James Patrick Rohan... And uh, Christopher Clark Jones, 27 and 23, respectively, guilty of the gruesome murder of a 17 year old Morgan J. Shepard. The pair um, were both from Brisbane, had already pled guilty to interfering with a corpse. So, not only were they guilty of murder, they're also guilty of uh, interfering with a corpse. So, during the trial of almost three weeks, the court was told police found Jay's headless body buried in a shallow grave following an anonymous tip. Um, the judge heard that Jay, who is a resident of a hostel, had been drinking with both of the accused at uh, Rohan's home before a fight broke out. Um, they they found out from a post-mortem examination that Jay had been stabbed 133 times and his head had been cut off by either an axe, a saw, or a knife. <laughs> so uh, they, they... Way to narrow it down. Well, I love how uh, they can determine that he'd been stabbed 133 times, but then they're like... Yeah, his head was either cut off by an ax, a saw, or a knife. A paper cutter, some tweezers. But check this. This is one of my favorite parts of the story here. The police found a tomahawk, a knife, a handsaw, and a pruning saw stained with the victim's blood in Rohan's shed, as well as blood-stained clothing containing the DNA of the victim.
1: So if they didn't find those tools, they would just be like, we don't know what they cut it off with.
2: (laughs) I, I don't know what was going on over here. Oh, good day. Oh, blimey. Pass me another Foster's. <laughs> Good dime, mate. But you know, it, it's interesting, though, that uh, so they, they found a tomahawk, a knife, a handsaw, and a pruning saw, all stained with the victim's blood. So they must have been hacking at this guy with a few different implements here.
1: They tried a couple methods, and they, I don't know what they finally settled
2: on. Well, it's, it's funny, too, that they'd have a tomahawk. Because do they have Indians out there? Like no, Native they have, Americans?
1: Uh, they have Aborigines, right? Do
2: Aborigines use tomahawks? Maybe. Yeah, I wonder where they got that. I think we can take from the story that they probably do. Well, I think a head is actually kind of difficult to remove. So maybe they did try a few different instruments here.
1: Right. I wonder what finally worked for him.
2: So witnesses testified that uh, Jones told friends about the murder and how Rohan had used Jay's head as a bowling ball and a puppet. So he, he they decapitated this poor guy and then rolled his head down the street like a bowling ball which is um particularly heinous but then he Did also they have some
1: pins set up or i don't understand
2: <laughs> I, I don't know what they were bowling at
1: here's my other question and i think it's the most important question you never lived on the east coast right
2: well i'm from michigan but that's not really on that's the, the east midwest
1: coast. i consider that the midwest do you have you ever seen candle pin bowling no what's that It's an East Coast way of bowling. The ball is smaller and it doesn't have holes in it. You just sort of grab it, palm it. Just kind of palm it and just like roll it. So that's my question. (laughs) Did they use the traditional Midwestern bowling method where they jammed their fingers into his eye sockets and mouth? (laughs)
2: And mouth? And just kind of bowl it down that's the street? My,
1: that's my preferred way of bowling. Or did they candle pin it where they just sort of grabbed it, you know, with their palm and rolled it that way? <laughs> I've gone bowling before on the East Coast of Massachusetts and thought, like, oh, great. I, bowling's fun. We're going to go bowling. And then you get there, and it's candle pin bowling. And I just leave at that point because it sucks.
2: Because you don't even know how to do it. Well, it, I like to jam my fingers in the I don't ball. Even, dude, I don't even go bowling unless there are bumper things in there, like the bumper bowling. <laughs>
1: I like. I normally go bowling as long as there's drinking involved, but not yeah. Candlepin. If it's Candlepin, I'm out.
2: Well, I, I just wonder, what I wonder about too is, so Jones, who was one of the um, um, perpetrators here, he was telling friends about the murder and how the guy used the head as a bowling ball. Do you think he like was kind of like, dude, you're carrying this a little bit too far? Yeah. Okay, buddy. When we he, he <laughs> stepped over the line here. We decapitated him. You don't want to bowl his head down the street. Yeah,
1: if we get caught for this, there's going to be no mercy. <laughs>
2: and and then the best part about it, he's used it as a puppet. I mean, what did he do? Jam his fingers up its neck and just kind of be like, hello. Hello, Jonesy.
1: I wonder if his lips
2: moved. <laughs> hello. I'm the crocodile hunter. Crikey. Going to stick my finger in its bum. That's
1: offensive. Think of that guy's daughter.
2: Yeah, I can imagine that. So, um, Jones, who was uh, one of the uh, guilty people here, smirked as his guilty verdict was delivered, but later read out a note he had penned to the court apologizing for his involvement in the murder.
1: His lawyer had penned out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just love how they're sitting there. Like, I guess, you know, if you think about it, if you're accused of using some guy's head as a bowling ball, decapitating someone, and then using him as a puppet, and they're reading it in court, you know, you're screwed already. Wouldn't you kind of laugh a little bit?
1: Yeah, probably. It'd be like, you know, that being in church or temple, as the case may be, where yeah. you just, it's really silent and you can't help but start to bust out laughing.
2: So he says, I am truly sorry for what happened to Jay, and until the day I die, I will always regret my involvement in this matter. As a father, I don't know how I would cope with it. <laughs> the dude who <laughs> bowled with his head is a dad? Is a dad, nice. Yes. Yeah. He says he doesn't know how he'd cope with it. So um, the judge here said that it was a murder completely without motive, which visited the most horrific violence on the 17-year-old boy who obviously had done nothing to deserve it. And so, yeah, the uh, men had not been sentenced yet, but I would assume that they're probably going to get life in prison. At least they would in this country. Also, oh, you, know,
1: you know he did something.
2: Oh, he had I mean, the judge I mean, say,
1: the judge saying he did nothing to deserve it. He did something.
2: Well, he, he says that he was drinking with the guys. They started a fight. So something must yeah. have happened.
1: There were some words. Somebody had words with somebody else.
2: I know. He stole his fosters. Yeah. The I, last I,
1: shrimp off the Barbie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. You, you never know, though, in like, these other countries like Australia. I mean, these guys might get like five years. You don't know what's going on in people's heads. Yeah. We might have to do a follow-up. But, yeah, on the sick and wrong scale, I mean, this involved the murder. It uh, definitely involved um, egregious violence. It was uh, particularly heinous, the fact that he, he used the head as a bowling ball.
1: I'm surprised the cop didn't say this is the worst case I've ever seen in all my 30 years on the force.
2: You know, I skipped over it, but the, the uh, judge here said that it was one of the worst cases she yeah, had ever heard.
1: Of
0: course.
2: <laughs> they Bingo. always do. They always do. But you know what, though? I think one thing that this, our listeners have learned from this show, it can get worse. It really can. Yeah. So on the week, sick and wrong scale, I'm going to have to give this like a 9.5.
1: I was going to give it a 9.8 point 9.8? Um, that's assuming that's that... That's really high. That's assuming that he jammed the fingers into the eye sockets and mouth when he bowled with it.
2: Well, I don't know if that's going to be determined, but we might find out.
1: If I find out that he didn't do that, I'm going to reduce my score later on.
2: Well, we'll have to the listening audience vote on it. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, and you can decide who won Sick and Wrong episode 65. <laughs> Well, is getting towards the end of the show here, and uh, we received a couple of listener emails that I wanted to um, share with the audience here. Uh, one was a joke. I always love receiving jokes in the email. Especially, <laughs> I love jokes. Yeah, I, I just love jokes. Especially I mean, if they're sick. Always good for a laugh. You having a laugh? I'm having a laugh. You having a laugh? So, um, Mickey here sent in a joke here that um, she says, a sick and wrong joke for two of my favorite guys. And uh, yeah, it definitely gave me a laugh. So I'll I'll just read the joke really quickly here. A very ugly man walks into a local pub with a big grin on his face and orders a draft beer. The bartender says, what are you so happy about? Well, I'll tell you, replies the ugly man. You know, I live by the railroad tracks. While on my way home last night, I noticed a young woman tied to the tracks, like in the films. I, of course, went and cut her free and took her back to my place.
1: (laughs) The snuff films that he watches.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, to make a long story short... I scored big time. We made love all night, all over the house. We did everything. Me on top, sometimes her on top, every position imaginable. Hot. Fantastic, explained the bartender. You lucky bastard. Was she pretty? He says, Don't know. I never found her head. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> pretty nasty. A snare drum. Pretty nasty. Definitely nasty. We also got an email here from um, a guy named Inadequizzy. And uh, Inadequizzy wrote in, Why the hell have you linked to the Just Another Lazy podcast site? They suck ass. Beefy is a fat fucking prick and a virgin and wants to fuck the ugliest wannabe nerd you've ever seen. And he likes Gnarls Barkley. Have you even listened to their show? And to that I respond, no. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently this guy has quite a bit. (laughs) You know, I... To be honest, I guess I haven't listened to most of the shows that we've linked to.
1: No, the bar is set extremely low.
2: Oh, I mean, really, it's like, you know, I I know we do a podcast, and I guess we should be more in tune with the podcast community. But the only podcasts I really listen to are Mediocre Show, and um, I listen to From the Ville. I enjoy that podcast.
1: That's about my list also. And I listen
2: to a bunch of news podcasts, but I don't really, you know, I haven't really listened to that many other podcasts.
1: And to, to defend this podcast, uh, just another lazy podcast, you know, I, this email or bad mouth it, but maybe it's good, but we haven't listened to it. So we can't even say.
2: Yeah. I can't even say one way or another. It's like, you know, I think inadequacy quizzy here knows this guy personally. That could be. I mean, how else would you know he's a virgin? I don't know. Or that he likes Gnarls Barkley, which I find kind of funny, too. So, what, do you suck if you like Gnarls Barkley? Uh, according to this guy, apparently you do. So, uh, maybe we'll just have to check out just another Lazy podcast and we determine that for ourselves. We probably listen to all the podcasts that we link to.
1: But, really, the point was that we would try and get those podcasts to link back to us, right? And get some more traffic.
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, I just kind of put up the links that were on the Mediocre podcast. <laughs> Because yeah, they had a bunch of links on there, and I was like, well, these guys are cool, so, you know, you know, by association, they must link to cool sites.
1: I would think that would be a good method.
2: Yeah, I figured that would work well. So, yeah, you know, in answer to your question and a quizzy, um, no, I haven't listened to their show, so... I don't know exactly if I hate it or not. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: verdict is still out. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have to do a, uh, a whole sick and wrong episode devoted to our, our sentiments of other podcasts. But the bottom line is all those links are going to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going to change any. You know, I hope he's getting some traffic. Yeah. People out there, go, go click on other people's links. Check out some other podcasts. See if you enjoy them. Well, that about does it here for uh, episode 65 of Sick and Wrong. Thanks for tuning in this week. And also, keep in mind that, uh, that uh, voting has um, started over on Podcast Alley. So if you haven't already, go over to Podcast Alley. Click on the Sick and Wrong link. You can actually vote right from our page. Just click on the link and uh, give Sick and Wrong a vote. And we can try to get into the uh, top 20.
1: That'd it, be nice. It could happen. It, it could happen, can happen someday.
2: Well, until next week, we'll be back with uh, episode 66. And uh, yeah, more stories from the new studio in the Tenderline. Till then, take a sleazy.
1: Good night.
0: Don't you fucking look at me. 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 that shit you fucking look Fuck at me shit? Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Don't you fucking look at me! Don't you fucking look at me! Don't you fucking look at me! Yeah, yeah.